If people ask you if you want to go do something in life, just say, why wouldn't a guy? Or why wouldn't a girl? Hi, this is Corey Cross, former midget double-A Loyminster Kinsman Blazer on the Monday Nooner. Ball in the Ottawa line. Morant for Cobb, shot, blocked, rebound, goal! Cross wins the game! Corey Cross coming up behind the play. Got the rebound and hammered it home. And Toronto wins 3-2. She never thought I'd be a star. Hello and a big welcome to all the degenerates and pigeons tuned in. Welcome to Twirl 146 of the Monday Nooner Podcast. The pod, as always, brought to you by our title sponsor in Rosetown, Saskatchewan, Mainline GM, Mainline Chrysler, two dealerships out there. Whether you're looking for a GM or a Chrysler Dodge Jeep or Ram, worth the drive every time, guaranteed out to Rosetown for your next vehicle purchase. The home of the Banner Barn in Rosetown, where the Red Wings season has come to an unfortunate end here over the last couple of days we'll maybe touch on that and a little bit of senior hockey talk a little bit later on in the show but fellas we're recording on Super Bowl Sunday just hours maybe an hour or two before kickoff who does everybody uh this might not work out too I, great with this being released after kickoff but Barry I want to know what you're sprinkling tonight uh pretty heavy on the over 51 yeah but I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna sprinkle seven and a half units on yeah. under first half. Cause Super Bowls usually start slow. Well, the last three Super Bowls have been unders. Yeah. It's been a while since we've had an over. What that, what do you that, what do you like? I don't know. The numbers started at like 49 and a half. I'm I'm upset I didn't get in on that right off the hop. Right now at 355 on Sunday afternoon, I have Five units on the Eagles, but I don't know if I love that. And obviously when this comes out, the game's going to be over, but that's my only bet at this point. And then a bunch of props as they call them with just touchdown scores and stuff like that. So I hate both teams, but I hate the chiefs more. So I'm going to take, I'm going to take Philly. Sam's a big, uh, Sam's a diehard chief guy, big fan. So uh, you got to stick with the, the young lad there and I'm going to pull for the, chief. I know they're the underdog for sure, but, I think Mahomes just got so much experience. I think he's gonna he's gonna pull it out. It's oh, really I thought you meant him. I thought you meant the Willow Creek Chiefs belts. I thought Sam was a big Willow Creek Chiefs guy. He could be. He could be just like my uh, Wainwright wrestler hat. Hey, off topic. Speak- I just thought of this. Speaking of that, I had the Wainwright wrestler hat and toque on today. I had the had the <sighs> Wainwright wrestler hat toque combo at uh, up at the Dugwick this morning. So the boys should be pretty proud out there in Wainwright. Had the combo going. I think this, I think those guys are pretty sad currently. <laughs> you love to see it, but you hate to you see hate it. To see probably it. what yeah, they're thinking. Love bad. to see belts supporting us, but hate to see the uh, hat toque combo. combo. Speaking of teams who are now out, not to uh, jump the yeah. gun, but Wainwright, our boys, they got uh, – Beat in four games against the Elk Point Elks in the Sask Alta League. So uh, 
Joy Summer Wainwright. That's what I that's what I um was mentioning where they're probably sad. All right. Oh, I let, thought you meant they were sad that Belts was wearing hat too. <laughs> so did I. Let's let's segue into this into uh Barry's question of the day for Last Mountain Distillery. Uh we just we were just talking to Braden. Like they got in, they got two new whiskeys out again. It's kind of one that's a little bit scotchy and then one that's more like a bourbon. So if you like if you like those things, give uh, give the local distillery a a, a shot. Uh, I, the gin is uh, the gin. It's a gin season right now for me. So here's the question for Last Mountain Distillery, our favorites. What's the uh, biggest upset that you guys remember? Any sport of all time that you watched with your eyes? I, I I need time to think about it. But Belt sounds like he's got something. Lethbridge Hurricanes in the Mem Cup. Down by five, going into the third period, came back and beat Hall. Round and round. lost the final. Hate lost to see the it. final, yeah. Well, that's we did, a, but to that's Hall. a crazy comeback. Yeah, it was like something. In, in this day and age, I don't know if we ever see that again. Well, well, Brandon's thinking here. I'll say 2002 Olympics, Belarus over Sweden. Yep. Like, yep. That was that was so crazy. And Tommy Salo let that goal in. Um, yeah, that, that whole Olympics was awesome, but that, that was interesting how that one went down. I was in the Hudson Bay in Midtown Plaza watching it live on one of the TVs. True story. When Tommy <laughs> Salo let that one in laying on one of their couches in there. Yeah. Uh, true story. I thought you were American. never, never for, it was such a big comeback. I remember that where you I was were? moment. You were that little pervert from out of town that came in and walked the department store, the ladies' lingerie, the ladies' undergarment section. Let's just say I grew up in the middle of nowhere, but the old uh, pages 28 through 34 of the Wish book got a good uh, wonder bra guy. Uh, you know what, though? Obviously, one of the biggest, I guess you said upsets. I was thinking we kind of went to comeback. Well, comebacks. That's what he said, yeah. comebacks. Oh yeah, oh, I said, I said, said up, I, I said upsets. Okay, right. Either, either or. I like comeback. Yeah. Well, I was thinking comebacks. Obviously, the Super Bowl with the Patriots, right? That was what three or four years ago, five years ago now. Yeah, that was pretty incredible as well. That that was, I I was there, right? I at that one. I have boots on I the was, ground. I was eyeball guy, boots on the ground at that one. And at halftime, I said to my wife, "I took you to the worst Super Bowl ever." Ends up being the. Like ah, that was you never see that again. I don't think either. Yeah, crazy. But that's what comes to mind for me. And of course, uh, the come up this week, twirl one forty six. Is that what we want to get into first? Do we want to go back first to last year? Or do we want to do the come up this week? Nah, the come up is fine. Who's the come up for? Is General Well, our friends. Yeah, out in the oil field, southeast Sask hiring. General Well Servicing Day Group of Companies, uh, big things going on down there in the Southeast. If you're looking for work, look them up. Tell them the Monday Nooner sent you and support a good local company that supports Saskatchewan. So come up this week. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about the bracket challenge. We have to talk about the bracket challenge. It's starting now, obviously, as we suspected, to thin out. And you're starting to see, you know, some, some man. And there, as we speak right now on Sunday – there's a bracket buster going on in Crake. Like Macklin mm-hmm. is leading Crake. Uh, again, I got sucked into Crake like so many people got sucked into the PT Cruiser back in the 90s. <laughs> and I took them going pretty deep here. 
But so as we record, it's four to two with about ten minutes left. So uh, Macklin looking to close that one out in two in the old uh, Pillar Dome. Pillar Dome. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah. So we'll belts. talk. We'll talk a lot of senior uh, on the back half here of the program. Some really good tirades. Take us seats, and of course, we always have the shoutouts. But our interview guys, and I'm getting really sick of saying this because here we go so often. This one, you would have told me, could the sneakiest good interview (laughs) that we've done in maybe the whole thing. It's a yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Hey, I don't know if it's the whole thing, but I, I didn't think I was like, honestly, you said this guy's name, and I was like, who? And then I looked, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, no, now I remember. Like as well as ones I had to look back up. But yeah, the interview was spot on, a really good, yeah, really good interview. I can't believe that this guy hasn't been on other pods. Like obviously yeah. Chicklets, Chicklets is the measuring stick. They do great stuff there. Like he is such a good storyteller and he has so many good stories. His memory, um, people are going to, yeah, people are going to love it. This one will continue to grow over time. Uh, just a Corey Cross. We haven't mentioned his name. Corey Cross, <laughs> NHL or from Lloydminster, Saskatchewan. His story on getting to the NHL is wild. Like, you, I don't know if you're ever going to find a rec, a guy playing rec hockey that makes it to the NHL <laughs> again. Um, and then just his stories while in the show, he's pretty straight shooter, right? He talks about Babcock and playing for him and, and some weird stuff that went on there. And yeah, I'm not, I don't want to give away too much because I know you guys jap me about that all the time. But Corey Cross guy. Inter- yeah, Corey Cross is our interview <laughs> coming up in a bit. All right, last show recap for Arctic Spa, Regina, and Saskatoon. It, the melt is on. It's the time. If you're thinking about a hot tub, they have a lot of them in stock. Canadian made, good quality in Saskatoon or in Regina. They started about nine grand. They're going to have some great spring specials coming up, all the spring home shows. So you can go visit Arctic Spa in Saskatoon and Regina. Tell them you're a Monday Nooner listener and you play senior hockey and you're going to get a little kick back there. So the last show was Sean Van Allen. And from your neck of the woods down there, belts. Yeah, no, really good. Again, like I said, I when we talked about it, I thought he was from Shonovan, but climax and uh, yeah, he had a lot of good stories too. Pretty, uh, it was cool coming back in the lockout, playing a little senior, and uh, yeah, his roots run pretty deep uh, around that area. So yeah, he was really good. I was gonna say, former Frontier Flyers, great. If you haven't listened to that episode from. Two weeks back, and you're looking for some good content, some good senior hockey stories from the 90s, like you mentioned, while playing in the NHL lockout. Uh, tune back in to Twirl 144, I think it was, with uh, Sean Van Allen, 143, I guess it was. So, yeah, he was fantastic, doing good work out in Ottawa with the Carleton men's hockey program there. So, yeah, last show with uh, SVA. While we're talking... You mentioned it, Barry, off the top, the bracket challenge. So why don't we quickly touch on that before we uh, move into the show? And and I would just want to say, when we record this, we're recording this on Sunday, like we mentioned, just before Super Bowl. There's 20 perfect brackets. But if you want a more up-to-the-date, uh, up-to-the-minute reflection of where we're at, because as we record this, Wilkie is about to eliminate Willow Cree. Macklin's probably about to eliminate Crake. And then there's a best out of three game three tonight at the same time as the Super Bowl. The Bethune Bulldogs go to Langenberg. So by the time this comes out, there'll be three more teams eliminated. And I bet you by the time this comes out tomorrow, we'll have like the top 10 out of the 800. Well, I bet we'll have a top 10 uh, 
And I don't think the perfect bracket, I don't think anybody's making it the whole way through. I'm pretty confident in that now. That That's what I was going to ask you. Do you think anyone's going to run uh, run perfect on one? Rick Shaw. You, know you, you can't even go chalk on this, right? Because some of the teams that were favored got you know the upset handed to them. So, yeah, the bracket challenge, we couldn't do it without the sponsors. GB Construction, Richie Brothers Auctioneers. It's always, it's always auction, auction season. season. It always is. <laughs> Buzzing. Uh, the exterior building supply company, Roofmart, Saskatoon, Regina, and PA, roofing, both residential, commercial, siding, vinyl, fiber, cement, and metal, wall installations, and vapor barriers. They do it all. Please support Roofmart if you're getting any roofing done this year. And Elk, oh, go ahead. And McCormick got off the schneid. We mentioned last show there was four guys who hadn't picked the correct series. They have all now picked one winner. Out of 10 series. So congratulations to uh, Chad McCormick and everybody else who got the first correct your first. Pick. It's always nice when you get your first. Yeah, everyone remembers their first, right? Barry yeah. always says. And um, Elk Ridge Resort, we got to give a huge plug to uh, Wellesley and Danberg and everybody up there. We saw Wellesley cruising with the Zamboni that they have now. I don't know, guys. It's going to be tough to find any uh, resorts that are rolling with a, a Zamboni. Like, that's just another, that's next level. That is cool. Yeah, I saw that video. Very neat. So, where do they store it? Where do they store it? That-'s what I want to know. Like is there like a tent out back? Like a drive-in tent? Whole shed guy. The the way the way they're the way they're working things up there, I wouldn't be surprised if they built a garage for it. But yeah, no Elk Ridge, you're going to win the 8 rounds of golf uh two nights in a condo or cabin. $100 to the wild and a limo ride. Thanks to everyone at Elk Ridge. And I like that it's getting down to the nitty-gritty now a little bit. Like I think Boz was saying today, the top 10 and now people are like, uh, Hey guys, uh, sorry about this email, but I got some questions. It's so funny. Cause like a couple weeks ago, you didn't get any questions about the bracket. Now you're like, um, just wondering about this, this, and this, and what's this, this, and this, it's pretty funny. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's great. So that's the come up or that's the come up and the last show recap for Arctic spa in Saskatoon and Regina. Let's go right into shout outs here guys for synergy. AG your crop input retailer in Western Saskatchewan, based in Saskatchewan. A lot of uh, lot of locations. If you're uh, thinking this year, you might want to switch it up. The Synergy team can hook you up. All right, who's starting the shout-out side of things? I got a, <laughs> I got a bit of a long one, nice. and I promised one of our sponsors I would mention this, and it's, it's funny that it's a long-winded one because it came from Malcolm Vanstone from 2020 Geomatics. <laughs> uh, I just told him he's got a, a special event that's happening that's near and dear to him and his family particularly. I told him we'd give it a plug and maybe help sell some tickets uh, for a dueling pianos event. Now, like I said, bear with me on this because I got a little bit of a backstory, back read here. Uh, so it's put on by the Big Sky Center for Learning and Being Astonished. It's The program's called Astonished. It's a non-for-profit organization here in Saskatchewan. They work inclusively with uh, the community to address barriers facing young adults with complex physical disabilities. So basically, in a nutshell, I think it's uh, adults with disabilities in Saskatchewan where maybe throughout their lives they weren't given a proper chance to you know, be a part of society and be yep. included and stuff. So they've actually teamed up for the last number of years with the U of R belts. You might be familiar with that, the yep. kinesiology program. Yep. And they basically give these young adults a purpose and something to look forward to. And like he was telling me about a family member who, like as an adult, nobody ever taught her to 
read or write. So that was like one of her goals as an adult to learn to read and write. And this program gives them that opportunity. So it's very cool. And I, I know they work, like I said, with the kinesiology students at the U of R. So it's just a, it's a pretty special thing for people that are involved with this program with uh, Astonished. He actually told me too, they get like, uh, they were consulted when they built Mosaic Stadium because like everyone thinks a person with a disability, you just need a wheelchair entrance. And I guess it's a lot more than that. So these students were actually consulted on, on how to build a stadium for people and, and accommodate everybody. It's very, it's a very neat thing. And it is uh, interesting. Yeah, they have a fundraiser. They're only a big fundraiser. It's happening March 25th. Now you don't need to know who these guys are or what they do to enjoy this because it's a night out featuring dueling pianos in Regina at the Atlas hotel. And I don't know if you guys have been to a dueling pianos, but uh, it's a fun night out. You get a couple of last mountains uh, going down the hatch and it can be a lot of fun. So if anybody's interested in tickets or a table to support uh, this, maybe reach out to us and maybe closer to we'll put out a link or something. But uh, yeah, wanted to give them a plug with that big fundraiser. Do you do you know the date? Sorry if I missed it. March 25th, 630. I think there's like a supper and then a night of dueling pianos. If you guys were at a dueling pianos and you had like 20 bucks to give the guy. What's the one song you're getting him to play? Oh, man. Maybe a little journey. Don't stop believing. It's always a crowd pleaser. Yeah, yeah it's always a classic. We were at a piano bar on my latest work trip, and I did a little uh, Billy Joel piano, man. Just, I know classic. it's kind of classic, but a I, little I Eminem that... I put up there without me. <laughs> yeah, I would, uh, I think I would go Ian Tyson, Navajo Rug. Really challenge him. That's where they scroll off to the back. Be like, we'll be right back. Listen to it. <laughs> We're not familiar with that one. Uh, uh, Tune um, the piano. Shout outs. I got, I got a few here. I'm going to start one. Then I'll let you guys volley. Uh, Shane Belter and I had a chance to meet a, yes. a young guy by the name of Austin. And he's uh, in Regina. He's that, you know, that, that younger guy. I think he's about 18, 19 years old. Loves to hang around the hockey rinks. Uh, I know, I remember in Saskatoon, you know, we had uh, guys from Saskatoon that are my age are going to remember Blainer. Blaine would hang around the rinks. You'd see uh, Westside Dougie once in a while. Like this kid is just so much energy. So the story goes, Shane and I, our girls are playing in the big rink C6 at the cooperators. And we're like, oh, we should do music. So we get up there. We got no chords. And we're like, yeah. ah, too bad. And then this kid comes in, he introduces himself. And we're like, well, we don't have any chords or we could play music. He ran back and forth to the front desk. <laughs> four times to yeah. find the right chords so we could play music. And then we let him play. And Shane was a little, he was a little hesitant to let, you know, Austin. I'll admit his. I was, yeah, I was a little bit iffy on Austin, but any mm-hmm. Eminem, he rocked it. I'm not kidding. You like played all the classics spot on. Old I ran the, rock vo- and roll guy. I ran the volume up and down a little bit, but, uh, but yeah, no, he did a great job and, uh, it's always fun for the kids when they, when they get that music in the rink, but yeah, Austin, what a weapon. And, and there were, there was the one time where would you have the old, uh, the good old hockey game. So he fired, he goes to YouTube and finds it. And just, it was just the perfect time in the game. So he follows us on Facebook. So I said, uh, you got to listen, Austin, we're going to give you a big plug. Keep yeah. doing what you're doing, man. Uh, he what takes the bus. And I just said, you be careful taking that bus home at nights. But uh, he said he just likes to put on his tunes and sit there. So Austin, big shout out to you. Tune guy. I um I don't even know. I'll give a quick shout out. I don't even know if they listen, but this is just like a feel, well, a feel good story. But we were at the Pats game last night and Sam and his, Sam and his whole hockey team was there. But it was just him and his buddy. We were there a little bit early. And, they, you know, the, the Pats are coming out and the kids want to get down there. And 
there was this lady, like, I mean, 35-year-old lady, who would not let Sam and his buddy get into the rail, like, uh, against the railing where they come out. She's like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, no. I know exactly who that was. Do you? Anyway, yeah. there's, an, there's another girl that was down one. Like, I would say she was about 13, 14, maybe 15, had a sign, like a Bedard sign, wearing wearing a Regina Rebels jersey. And the kids like leave dejected. They come up to us and she like looks up at us and like waves them down and let them like come in front of her. So if you know whose daughter that is, or if it's your daughter, you're doing something right. Cause what a kid. And, uh, you know, we waved to her, said, thank you very much. And it was, you know, super great. I love seeing kids like that. You know, they've been raised right. So did they crop dust the other lady when they left? Just Sam, Sam probably did. Yeah, he just dropped a bomb right in her lid. Yeah, yeah, that's brutal. I couldn't believe that. But how would he do? Um, another one here. A guy up in Saskatoon started listening to us. He said about a couple of months ago. Dan Dodge is his name. Good. He's got a good uh, DJ name or a good wrestling name. Dan Dodge. Uh, I know him from way back on the West Side. But uh, yeah, he said he started listening a couple months ago. Loves the pod. And uh, you got to follow this guy on Twitter because it's like every day, or maybe it's Facebook. He like plays Holiday Park every morning. Uh, it, he's got the Membi there, the old HP plays it every morning. So Dodgy, uh, thanks for uh, tuning in. Uh, I just thought of a story that uh, I actually went for a schooner or a pint or whatever with uh, Malcolm Vanstone, 2020 Geomatics. And there's this young guy next to us at the particular establishment and I'm wearing a golf hat and we're watching golf. He's like, hey, boys, I want to get into golf. Can uh, you guys want to golf with me this year? And the guy's completely whammed when he's talking to us. We're like, uh, sure. He's like, let me add you guys on Facebook. I was like, I don't have Facebook. Malcolm, let him add him. And he's like, hey, have you guys ever got a? Uh, have you guys ever got an Alcatraz? <laughs> and anybody who knows golf would know it's an albatross, not an Alcatraz. <laughs> but he's like, my grandpa got one last year. He's like, he actually dropped the second shot in the middle of the fairway, but we still count it. <laughs> and I don't, yeah. So shout out oh, to the Alcatraz okay. guy as I watch the waste. He seen saw it happen. Yeah, as I watch uh, the waste management here down the stretch as we record. And, and my last one, you can jump in here, Shane. Um, I got to give a plug to uh, Indigenous Rookie Cards. Uh, his first name, uh, name. How do you? How do you, his name. name? Yeah, name. His name is name guy. Yeah, name Cardinal. Is that his last name? Mm-hmm. Some, something like that. I think you're right. Yeah, he he. They had that little. uh Little story on uh, the upper deck cards that they did on Hockey Night in Canada or Monday Night Hockey. Sorry, it was. Oh, what a great story! So I think we need to get name on the program at some point. I know he follows us. Great guy, and he does a lot, uh, you know, with the Indigenous hockey community in his cards. So name, man, that that's that's a pretty uh, uh, that's the wild achievement for you right there, my man. So we got to get you on the pod at some point. Very cool. Yeah, we do. He's he's about as uh, avid a listener as we have. Been with us for a long time. So yeah, for sure. He's he's coming on for sure. So that's shout outs for Synergy AG, local crop input retailer. It's just about plant season. Hard to believe a couple months from now, it'll be seeding season. So make sure you get uh, everything you need ahead of time with Synergy AG locations all throughout Saskatchewan. All right. You're going to want to tune in for Take a Seat, Son, in the senior hockey after this. Well, let's get into the interview here. This guy played 659 games in the NHL, scored 34 goals and 97 assists on the back end. Uh, man, like we told, like we said earlier, he uh, he's a storyteller uh, from Lloydminster, Saskatchewan. The big man, Corey Alberta. Cross. All right. Like we said in the uh, intro, joining us from his home in Kelowna. British Columbia, 
been a while we wanted to have this guy on it's Corey cross big Corey. uh thanks so much for taking time on the monday nooner podcast oh thanks for having me guys right on all right like we got to get to your journey because i just think this is this is one of the most fascinating uh paths to the nhl in in history that i remember from a from a guy in our area so um when we go, uh, when we go way back, like we do with all of our guests here, Corey. So, where did you play, like your minor hockey? It was it in, was it right in Lloyd? Yeah, so I grew up in Lloydminster. Um, moved there when I guess I was two, and then yeah, I played all my minor hockey in Lloyd um, right up till my last year of midget. So, what kind of like were you playing? I guess double A at the time for the most part. Is that kind of where you'd categorize yourself as a minor hockey player? Yeah, like. Um, I probably could say I could have been a triple A player, but in Lloyd, they just had double A. But, um, you know, a few guys would take off and go to Fort Saskatchewan, play triple A, but I just stayed at home and, uh, and played with the double A team there. What, uh, what kind of player were you like, were you always a D man, even from the young, you know, Adam and Pee Wee and, and those days were you always back uh, on the blue line? No, I was a forward, uh, really? you know, under full circle Thursday night hockey. Now I'm forward. <laughs> no, I was a forward until, until my last year of Bantam and uh, Bantam was when they changed, they changed the age, the age groups in Bantam when, uh, when I was there. So I actually played three years of Bantam and the first two years of Bantam, uh, I played center and, um, you know, really hadn't hit puberty. Um, I, I, I was a good player. Like in Pee Wee, there was me and a couple other guys, Danny Haygarth and Jason Pondowski. We got invited to a, a Pats, Pats camp. And, um, you know, yeah, I was I was a good player. But then everybody started hitting puberty, which I didn't. And, um, you know, everybody was kind of – it was getting bigger than me. And I remember my first couple of years of Bantam, I was a little shy and didn't really like the hitting too much. Um and then my third year Bantam, we didn't have enough defensemen to have a scrimmage in our tryouts. So the coach said, "Hey, Corey, you want to go play defense because um, we need some need some guys back there." So I just went back. So I was going to be. I mean, I I was one of the returning guys. I was going to be on the team and started playing defense. And you know, really quickly realized that I could skate backwards better than I could skate forwards. <laughs> and my vision, I could see the ice better and. So the coach goes, "What, well, you know? Why don't you stay there for the rest of the year?" And and I did. Um, I did play a little bit of forward that year, but mostly played defense. So you're listed uh, on Hockey DB as six foot five. So when did that growth spurt happen? And I guess like, what were mom and dad like? Like, did you have some tall genes in your family where you kind of thought one day I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot up here? Or? Well, my yeah, my family's a little bit all over the place. Uh, my dad is was six one, and my mom's probably was about five, five, six. Um, my dad's mom was tall, a tall lady. Um, my oldest brother, six, four, but my middle brother's five, 11. <laughs> and, um, so not sure where I was going to end up. And between, uh, grade 10 and grade 12, I, well, actually after grade 12, I grew, I was about five, seven, and I grew to six, five in, I uh, say, you know, four or five years. So, um, Grew a lot. I was really tall and skinny in high school and very gangly. And then I just started getting stronger. Good thing you had some good hand-me-downs from your oldest brother, probably, for that growth spurt, hey? <laughs> no, they were destroyed by the time. He was 10 years <laughs> older than me, so they were all <laughs> good. 
Everything um, that was in style was turning back into style. Yeah. Ten years later. Yeah, I didn't want to wear his coveralls. <laughs> coveralls. Um, did you uh, did you play a lot of other sports growing up as a kid? Uh, you know, I, I like to say I did, but um, I played grass hockey, road hockey, and ice hockey. It's pretty much uh, <laughs> pretty much what I did. I I did try to play a little baseball, but um, being in Lloyd back then, there was. There was no soccer. There was no other. Um, the only other big big sport was softball or fastball, and um, I ne- I just never got into it. My parents loved camping in the summer, so they didn't want me playing any other summer sports. So I never did. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I always tell people, yeah, you got to play different sports, but I never did. I you know just a lot of a lot of field hockey and or grass hockey and uh, wherever I could put a net and and get some buddies to play high school basketball coach didn't try to corner you oh uh, yeah he did <laughs> <laughs> when i was in grade 12 he was begging me to play and i actually I did play a little bit of olympic handball i don't know if you guys know that sport but there was a there was a little group of olympic handball guys in lloyd and i did play that and um did i did get asked well i had a little tryout with the um provincial team but it was all in Edmonton, and my dad was like, "There's no way you're we're driving you to Edmonton to play this handball game." So, uh, camping season. Um, were you uh, were you on the Saskatchewan or the Alberta side? Alberta side, yeah. Alberta side. What uh, what what were mom and dad like? Like, were they uh, were they big into sports? You know, were they the, you oh, know, yeah. the parents that pushed you a bit, or they just kind of guided you and let you do whatever you wanted? Well, you know, my oldest brother, he, he was probably the one that was pushed the most. He, um, you know, he ended up, he ended up playing in the Western league and, uh, when he was 17 to 20 and he, he was a real, he was a tough guy. Like he was a, he was one, he was one of the toughest guys in the league back then. And my dad really pushed him and was hard. And so he kind of, he had gone through that phase. And so when I came, you know, he, he pushed me, but he wasn't really, really hard on me and my, my parents were always, they loved the road trips and getting on the bus with the team and with the other parents. And, you know, they supported me from, you know, right to the end. Were, were you, uh, were you one of those kids where, you know, you mentioned you played hockey every chance you'd get, whether it's grass hockey or road hockey or whatever. Were you one of those hockey geeks too? Like back in the day, we asked guys, what was your favorite setup? Like a lot of guys wanted a certain stick or they wanted Cooperalls or they wanted an iTech or were you kind of the, the hockey geek that that loved the gear as well? And what do you remember about your you know your favorite piece of gear that maybe you got? Yeah, I was a big Mike Bossy fan, if you can believe that. Uh, the Red Titan. Yeah, and I had the Red Titan with the Bossy. Had to have the Bossy name on it. Didn't want the Gretzky one. Didn't want the Gretzky one. <laughs> I needed the Bossy one. And uh, and no, they made for great road road hockey sticks too because they never got splintered. They had the plastic. They were kind of a plastic bottom of the blade. And they would just get thinner and thinner. So your eye, eye your yeah, your, your hand eye control even got better with the uh, with the bouncing tennis ball on the uh, on the road. So uh, can, I, love, I love the Mike Bossy stick. The the guy the guy that had the Titan that we called it a pick back yeah, when I yeah. if you had a pick and you you had a decent shot like it just it gave you a little more velocity. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, when love you were, that but, stick. Yeah. Um, so after after Bantam, what happens? Like you know, a lot of kids go to go play AAA midget, and you know, did you just play AA midget at home, or 
how yeah, did that journey go? Midget at home. We had a, my first year midget. We had an unbelievable team. Um, I like to, I like to, it was the roster was sent out through some buddies of, of mine. And I think there was like 12 guys off that team played junior hockey somewhere. Like it was un, we had an unbelievable team. There's one guy, Dean Dorchek scored 90 some goals that year. And, um, we just, we, we had a couple, couple guys in that, that, um, you know, maybe we weren't the, weren't at that level, but you know, they tried hard. We just, uh, we needed a goalie. We needed a goalie to get to the next level. And, um, yeah, we just had an unbelievable team. And give us some I, names. Uh, Who are some? We got lots of listeners in the Lloyd area. Give us some names uh, of some of the guys, if you can remember. Well, we had well, Danny Hagar, Jason Plandowski, Jim Bourne, um, Jody Pollard, Brad Pollard, uh, Jeff Hill. Jeff Hill went to go play on Michigan. Dorchuk was in Moose Jaw. Jimmy Bourne could have played anywhere. He was in, he played with the Blazers and Lloyd. Hagarth was in Lloyd. Calvin Flint played in Brandon. Glenn Sutherland played with Camrose, uh, Augustana. Um, uh, yeah, pretty, there was, there was pretty, that's pretty good memory. Pretty good. Yeah, that is good. good. A lot pretty, of good players in that team. Yeah. So did uh, did were you guys were a wagon? But uh, did you guys challenge for anything when it came to like provincial playdowns or anything? Do you remember, you know, going deep in any any provincial or tournament runs? Well, we we Short Park was had a really good double A team, and I think they ended up beating us out. Um, yeah, we you know the goalies. I, I hate to slag the goalies, but uh, <laughs> they, they weren't. The, we didn't have the best goalies, but um, yeah, so that was probably our weakest part of the team. Um, yeah, so we ended up not winning anything, but we probably should have. What what was hockey like in Lloyd? Because you know Brandon and I talked about how we lived there. Uh, I had a chance to skate with the Border Kings a bit when when I was there. Like they didn't have the junior. Did they have the junior B or junior A team at that point, or they just yeah. had the Border Kings? No, they had the junior A team and the and the junior B team. Yeah, Blazers. So did you did you were you on you know their radar at all? Yeah. So so uh, after my first year midget, um, I went and tried out for the Blazers and. Um, Unfortunately, got into a line brawl and got the got the piss kicked out of me, <laughs> and ended up getting cut the next uh, the next day. So um, I just wasn't ready for that level. I just ha- hadn't gotten strong enough yet. But uh, so I went back, played midget. Uh, actually, my middle my middle brother actually coached me that year, my last year midget, and um, yeah, I just got bigger and stronger then. But what had happened was my parents had me on these on the scholarship program um, since I was a little kid. You know, they, those people that come by, they sell these scholarship programs that you can put money into. It was almost like a TFSA, I guess, right now or, a, you know, a scholarship fund. So I could take one year off and I had a, to get that money, I had to join, go to university. So my last year midget, I was, um, I was out of school because uh, I started school early. And, um, so I played my last year midget, and then I decided, you know, I'm just going to quit, quit hockey and go to school. I went to U of A to become a teacher. So how, talk about the decision to go to U of A. Was there other schools involved, or obviously they've been a a juggernaut forever? Were were you heavily recruited by them? No, I I was I quit hockey. Like I seriously I quit. I quit hockey, <laughs> and I just decided to go to U of A because my buddies had a house there. They um white av yeah i'm just gonna move in with them and and live with them and go to school and uh so what happened was 
I was a phys ed major in education and they had, you, you have to take these activity courses and ice hockey was one of the courses. So I'm like, Oh, I'll take, I'll take this course. Um, cause I'll miss hockey. And, uh, so I took the course and the coach ended up being, being the instructor of the coach of the bears was the instructor of the, of the class. Right. And after a few weeks I was missing it and I asked him if there was a team that I could play for and, and he's like, well, you know, they got, they got the Crusaders or Fort Saskatchewan. And I said, well, I, I can't play out of town because I don't have a vehicle because we live right across the street from campus. And he goes, well, gave me this guy's business card, junior B guy. He's He's got a team in, in South Edmonton and give him a call. So I called him up. He got one of the uh, one of the players to pick me up in his car and uh, we went. We went to the tryout and I was like, well, I'm going to make this team for sure. Went home, went home and asked my roommate who had a vehicle. His, his name was Jody Pollard and he was a really good player. And, um, I asked him, Hey, you want to, let's go play on this junior B team. And then we did. And, uh, we had an unbelievable team. We ran the table throughout the whole league and unfortunately lost in provincials, um, in the semifinal. Um, and then, and then Billy Moore's who is, is recruited me from uh, from the ice hockey class and from watching me watch me at junior B. Wow, that is that is so awesome. So then the next year, um, did you have to try out Golden Bears? Yeah, you know, were, were you in yeah. were you in tough to to make the team? Oh yeah, I was. I was. I wasn't too sure if I was going to be able to play. I, 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 I pretty much laughed at him. I said, well, you should have came out and tried out this year. I'm like, I laughed at him. I'm like, are you kidding me? I, I played midget double A last year. Like, I'm not going to make the Bears. And, and uh, so he he actually invited a bunch of the junior B guys out because we had a team that probably half the, half the guys should have been playing junior A. And uh, so a bunch of us went out for the tryout, and uh, I made it as an eighth defenseman and seventh, eighth defenseman. And actually another – one of the junior B guys made it as well. Um, yeah, so started off the first year, and I played like eight to ten games all year, you know, including exhibition games. Um, so pretty much just practice with the team. They had a veteran veteran decor, and I just practiced and just got bigger and stronger and faster. And the next year, I was top four, and we won the national championship. <laughs> yeah. You uh, you mentioned coach's name. So would that have been that was right after the like the Claire Drake era of Golden Bears? Yeah, he was Billy gone Moore's, then. Billy Moore's and Claire Drake were a t- like they were. Billy was the assistant coach with Claire for years and years, and then Claire Claire decided to go play um, to go coach uh, pro hockey in Winnipeg, and uh, Billy took over. Okay, so so then uh, you play three years at Golden Bears. Is that correct? Yeah. And and you guys were an absolute wagon. You said you know the national championship. So that that last year, maybe take us through that. Like now, you must be one of the top D men, if not the top D men on the Golden Bears. And um, you know when when does the the idea of pro come in? Like who talks to you? What do you remember? Yeah, well, actually, my first year with the Bears, um, some scouts. There was some talk about scouts coming to see me play. And, um, but I just didn't play. I, I only played eight to 10 games. And, uh, I remember sitting in the stands in uh, Calgary and this Buffalo Sabres scout came up, comes up to me and introduces himself and gives me his card. And I, he's like, what, uh, you know, you're not playing tonight. I'm like, no. And 
I, you know, I just didn't get in the lineup because there was six veteran guys on the team. And, um, yeah, so I thought maybe I might get drafted that year in the entry draft, but it, it didn't happen. Then the next year when I was like top four defenseman and we won the national championship, there was a sub draft called the supplemental draft, which was a college draft and you had to be 21 or over. And um, so I didn't know that there were some teams that I might get taken in that draft, which, which I did. Tampa took me first overall. And um, yeah, it was kind of a funny story. I was really hung over that, that morning and, my my mom woke me up at eight thirty in the morning. Hey, you're wanted on the phone. <laughs> it was Tony Esposito, <laughs> and I could barely be like I had this like drunk, hungover. Uh, hello. hello, you know, and uh, yeah, he was like, "Yeah, we drafted you. Uh, are you excited?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, really excited." <laughs> like, oh, <my> <laughs> was it uh, was it a rough night at Amigos the night before, or what do you remember? I think, uh, I think we might have been at Amigos and then at a house party. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I remember my 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 sidekick Jody Pollard and I riding bikes riding bikes home at about four in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so your your four years at U of A, did you get a did you degree? Yeah, I got my degree. So so then my final year at U of A, um, I was uh, actually Serge Lozois. He was he was our best fans. He was Canadian Player of the Year and. Um, him and I were one, two, and we both made the all-star teams and, and then Tampa signed me to a 25 game tryout, um, to go play in their minor, minor team after, after we finished with the bears and, uh, yeah, I graduated, got my education degree and, um, turned pro. What does, uh, what does a 25 game tryout contract look like? In, in 92, 93. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Amigos money. Yeah. It wasn't much money, I'll tell you. I, think <laughs> I, don't even, I can't even, honestly, I can't remember what it was worth, but it wasn't very much. <laughs> so my, my um, IHL salary, I think was 30,000 the next year. So, and uh, so, so Atlanta in the IHL and yeah. obviously a step up a little bit from, from playing you know, university up in Canada. Um, what was that first year like, you know, and, and going to camp and all that? Yeah, I went to camp. Had a had a really good camp actually. I, I was one of the top top scoring defensemen in the in our little um round robin uh uh you know there was four teams we did a round robin tournament and I was I was one of the top defensemen scoring in scoring. So I had a really good camp. They played a couple of exhibition games, didn't play didn't play that great. And then they sent me down. Um, and then Atlanta was Atlanta had a bunch of returning guys. They were more of an independent team. Had a, had some Tampa Lightning, Tampa Bay um Lightning guys, but they had a lot of some independent guys who who um had been there, played a few more years than I had. So I didn't play all that much through the year, uh, kind of in and out of the lineup. And then um uh the coach actually got fired uh he was we, we found out there there was me jason ruff and a guy named eric sharon uh were their top prospects and they found out he wasn't playing us very much so he got fired and we were, we <laughs> were first in the league and he actually got fired yeah. there's so so many recognizable names on that team only your first year but uh regina pat's great jock calendar he's actually yeah. in the rafters in regina the rubber band man 
Uh, yeah. Brent Gretzky was on that team. Larry De Palma from the Saskatoon Blades. Some yeah. some great Northern names. Rockport. Yeah, you guys won the jug that year, didn't you? Yeah, we won the we won the Turner Cup that year. So that, that was a lot of fun. So yeah, throughout the year, so they brought in a new coach. Then they then they played me a whole bunch, and then they they called me up. Tampa called me up for the last five games of the year, and I went up with Jason Ruff and. Uh, Jason and I actually played really, really well those five games and kind of set me up for the next year. What so. you know, one, one thing, one thing we talk about guys or talk to you guys about is how much, and you've done some coaching, you know, in, in the last uh, decade here. What do you remember about training back then, Corey, and, and how it's different now? Like these kids, like there, there isn't a lot of weights. There's a lot of plyos. There's a lot of, you know, muscle contraction stuff. What do you remember about training back then and, and anything that you just kind of sit and shake your head as you were crushing creatine? And I was just going to say creatine. 4 a.m. bike rides don't count. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was kind of funny. I... During my playing time in the NHL, there was a time period where when I first came in, it just started changing where guys were in better shape. You know, guys just come to training camp to get in shape. Well, when I first came in, it was just there was that old guard still hanging around, but they were kind of getting pushed aside. So you had to get come in camp like in really good shape. And by the time I left, it had turned totally around. Like next thing you know, we were you know, doing the Gary Roberts workouts and, and all that stuff. So it was kind of a funny uh, time period that I, I played in. Except when you played with silly and tap and you'd double fist bud lights on the bike after a game. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> silly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's actually one of the, the godfather of the Monday Nooner skate that we used to have here in Regina, where the podcast originated from. Uh, wh- what do you remember about silly? You know, everyone's kind of got a funny, a funny, silly story. Well, me and silly would play, uh, would play Chris Gratton and Rob Zomner in, um, in Vegas golf. And, uh, we'd always beat them. I was the worst golfer. Silly was the best golfer and Rob and uh, Chris were in the middle and, um, we we all we always got the upper hand on them. Took a took a few bills off them uh, on the golf course <laughs> during our time in Tampa. Probably hardly any trash talk too. Probably he hardly <laughs> probably hardly talked the whole time. No no yeah never. So and, he's, and, silly's pretty quiet. And, <laughs> and and probably all those times you golfed with silly, he seemed to find his ball every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was on my team. I didn't care. <laughs> Oh, silly! You weren't hitting a Titleist. Um, snap hook. What would he call this? Snap hook. He had a snap hook. Snap hook snort. You know. <laughs> um. So what? Your your first real deal with Tampa? Like you kind of talked about IHL money. Um. You know when you sign your first your first solid deal with Tampa. Do you remember what that was? And and any cool purchases with the uh, windfall? It was uh, two hundred and twenty-five thousand up with the up with the big team, and and thirty thousand with the farm. Crazy! Team. <laughs> you buy you buy a vehicle of some sort. I did. I did buy a vehicle. I finally bought a vehicle after my four years of university without a vehicle. I finally bought one with my signing bonus. I had ten grand signing bonus, and in Atlanta, I still remember Jason Ruff and I driving down to the to the Jeep dealership and buy myself a Grand Cherokee when they first came out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what what was Tampa like back then? Because they they obviously weren't the weren't the team they are now. Um, you know, I don't know were they were they still playing in that? I remember back when Tampa came into the league, they played in that <laughs> baseball stadium. Um, were they in the new rink already in Tampa? And what was it like Tampa the early days of the NHL? Yeah, no, Tampa was an interesting. It, it's it's very interesting to see where we were at then and see where they're at now and the whole fan base and how the city has like it's a real hockey town there. It's it's really one of the best fan experiences going down there and watching an NHL game. Highly recommend going there. They do an awesome job of of uh, of the whole ex- game experience. And but um, when when I started there, we were in the football, we were in the baseball field, and um, you know where the where the Rays play, and they had the had the rink going down first baseline, right? And um, had brought in bleachers on the different on the open sides, and, um, and then behind the bleachers, they had this huge huge curtain, and then behind there. Uh, they had this fan land, which which was a great idea. They had a VIP tent area. They had, you could shoot pucks for tickets. You could kick field goals. You could there's batting cages. There was like there was twenty. You could sit like twenty eight thousand people in this stadium. So they were just giving away tickets left, right, and center, just trying to get people to to come out and and experience hockey because they, they needed just needed fan support. And um, you know, I, I remember the first first year I was there they were still explaining rules on the on the um PA announcer you know that was icing and icing you know and they tell the rule and you're just like <laughs> what the heck but um and then and the, yeah but the, the, in 96 we actually made the playoffs and um um from Christmas on we were the best I think we were the best team in the league in 96 from Christmas on we had uh, Darren Poopa net and Darren Darren was unbelievable he was so good people don't realize how good he was he was one of the he was unreal he just had a really bad back and he just couldn't um couldn't keep playing after after that year but um he was a Vesna <laughs> trophy finalist that year and played unreal for us you uh <clears throat> you got a chance to play with a couple hall of famers too that i honestly didn't realize till i looked it up now in tampa uh wendell clark and Dino yeah. Cicerelli, you played with both of those guys. Yeah, yeah, no, I played and went with Wendell in Tampa, and then in Toronto later. And uh, yeah, yeah, just an I didn't realize you were that old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he he's an unreal guy, and what a teammate. And um, in Tampa, he kind of got his uh, kind of got a second wind. He he scored a bunch of goals for us, and ended up going to the All Star game. And then I, th- I think they traded him to Detroit. I can't remember where they traded. They traded him at the deadline, but um, and then and then a few years later, we played together in in uh, Toronto. And again, just a god. I, I I'll, I'll never forget the time we we were in Tampa. We go to Toronto, and uh, I think he got two goals that game. First star, and it, it was in the old Maple Leaf Gardens, and the bus was literally like parked right in the right behind the back door, and it was like ten feet from the door to the bus. To the bus door and i go out and, and there's people like all over the place and they're and they're chanting wendell wendell and i'm like we get on the bus and all us guys were just like what the hell is going on here and then wendell comes running through the back door and running on the on the bus and the people are 
just going crazy. They start shaking the bus. They're they're rocking the bus. The bus is just rocking back and forth. We're like, get the hell out there and give them a give them a curtain call. Like you got a wave or something to them. Like because we we were seriously, I thought the bus could have rolled to the side. They were rocking it that hard. And so he went out, and the people were going crazy. And I mean, just a god in Toronto, but just a great teammate, great guy. And um, and then Dino was. Dino was an interesting cat. Um, best guy I've ever seen tipping pucks in my life. Like you could shoot the puck anywhere in the vicinity of him and he would tip it. And he practiced that religiously every single day. He's like, shoot harder, shoot harder. And then you're like getting pissed off. So you're trying to hit him. You're trying to actually trying to hit him with a slap shot and he'd get out of the way and he'd tip it. And you're like, <laughs> he was unreal with it. Yeah. I think um, I said Wendell. I don't. He's, is he in the Hall of Fame? I think I said Hall of Famers. I don't he, know. If he should he, be in the Hall of Fame just for yeah. what he's done. Yeah. I mean, he. I didn't. I kind of yeah. just assumed he was, to be honest. In our, in our hearts, he's in the Hall of Fame. Right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's many guys loved as much as him. So for sure, you know, we we a lot of a lot of people remember him, you know, from his Saskatoon Blade days, and then, you know, his younger days with the Leafs, and you know, fighting Probert and all that, but. You know, when you played with him, was there ever a time in a game that, you know, he was, he, he went and that switch, switch maybe clicked and, you know, had to go and you were like, like scare the, talk about scare the shit. Thank God he's on our team. <laughs> no, you know, nothing. I don't remember really anything on the ice. I think everybody kind of stayed away from him. And then he was kind of winding down his career. He was kind of off the fighting train. I don't remember any fights, but, uh, <laughs> Darcy Tucker and, and a guy named Dave Wilkie, they're their best buddies. And um, they always wanted to wrestle uh, Wendell. <laughs> and Wendell would ha- manhandle the two of them, like, with one arm. Like, he was so strong. And I remember going in there, one into their room, and Wendell's got them both pinned with one arm. And, and Darcy and Wilkie, they're just, like, couldn't get away from him. It was so funny. Um, but, you're <laughs> Let's let's talk about because uh, you score you score your first goal pretty early in your NHL career. Take us through your first goal, Corey. Well, I don't know if it was early. It was like the last month of the last. I think it was the second last game of the year. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you scored you scored in your first full season or your partial season. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah. Uh, Tr- Chris Terreri, I remember we were uh, playing. I think it was um, it was four on four, <laughs> and I push it down to Brian Bradley and then from the blue line down the walls to Brian Bradley. And then I just jumped past uh, the player who was, who was guarding me. I think it might've been Bill Guerin actually. Brad sauced backhand to me and I got it and I just fired in on Terrari and uh, went low stick side. Right. I still have the puck. Oh yeah. 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 Right. No, it's all framed in my bathroom. Yeah. yeah. That's super cool. <laughs> Right on. Um, a guy that coached you and, you know, a guy that seemed like he would have been such a player's coach. How do you describe uh, Terry Crisp? Oh, yeah, he was he was pretty intense. Um, real, real screamer. Um, yeah, he, he loved yelling. He loved getting on the refs. Um, yeah, he was very intense behind the bench. And uh, but he, he was good to me. He, he liked me. Um, uh, and but he he could really get on guys' cases if he didn't like you, and he <laughs> he was pretty ruthless sometimes. <laughs> what? Uh, how do you how do you end up in Toronto? I don't know the story here. Yeah, so um, 
uh, I guess my, my contract expired and Jacques Demers was our coach GM and I was up for, I was going into free agency as a restricted free agent. And, uh, you know, I was, but by then I was top four defenseman in the NHL and, um, Jacques, Jacques, like, you know, I, I think you're, you're, I was, he was comparing me to, I think it was Sylvain Lefebvre in, in Colorado and he makes this much. I think it was 1.6. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, that'd be perfect. I mean, that was our contract negotiation. It was literally like two minutes long and he goes, yeah, we just got to figure out this whole sale of this team, of the team, the team is up for sale. And he goes, then we'll, you know, we'll get you signed and get ready for next year. I'm like, perfect. So, um, unfortunately the, uh, the team sold to, uh, to this Detroit, uh, Detroit group and, um, they fired Jock and brought in, um, Rick Dudley as a, as a GM and, and I was, I was restricted. So they wanted to play hardball with me for whatever reason. And, um, yeah, they said, well, we'll give you a 10% raise and, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I'm not signing that. And I just got, got a case where I'm like, well, I won't come to training camp then. And I actually went back to Edmonton and skated with the bears for training camp. And then, and then they offered me this, uh, bonus laden contract saying, well, you know, here's your, here's where you're going to start at. And if you get all these bonuses and you're going to be a top four defenseman, like you think you are, then you'll get paid accordingly. And that's kind of my best option. So because they said, You'll, we're going to be last place with you or without you. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. So, <laughs> so I signed this contract and uh, flew to Tampa for training camp. And I think I had one skate. And the next day they traded me to Toronto. Wow. wow. So you end up in, you, you go to Toronto your first year. Pat Quinn's behind the bench. And uh, I, I remember that, right? Like, you know, everyone's in their, I'm in a hockey pool and all that. And I think you guys, your first, your first year, you guys go second round uh into the playoffs um playing in toronto under that microscope uh pretty special time yeah it was it was i remember being on the plane and thinking oh my god i'm gonna be playing in toronto and, and we were playing the canadians the next night and it, it was it was pretty special putting on that maple leaf jersey and uh i was looking around the room like holy crap we got a good team um and yeah we we had three solid teams those years and unfortunately couldn't win win the big one but um yeah we were real competitive and really strong you look you look at that roster and you know just for people that are listening you know you had Sundin and Steve Thomas uh Thomas Caberlet back on the point Nick Antropov was a weapon a, a big guy Brian Berard you know young guy, young guy in there Darcy Tucker on that team Ty Domi Wendell Clark as you mentioned McGillney um, yeah like on that squad, like there, there's a lot of leadership and a lot of a lot of veteran guys as well in that dressing room. Yeah, Pat loved Pat loved veterans. Like he he was really wanting a veteran team, and we didn't have it. We hardly had any young guys. All the young guys were were in the mi- minors, and they'd come up a little bit. But um, it was a very veteran laden team, and um, it boded well for our playoffs. We you know regular season we you know maybe not the best team, but as soon as the playoffs started the whole team just ran um pumped it up a little bit more anybody who's read his book i'll know he he comes from an interesting background but what was cujo like obviously he was a pretty dominant goalie uh for the leafs but what was it like playing with with him what kind of guy was he you know we all know goalies are a little weird so 
<laughs> you know, Cujo's probably one of the most normal goalies I've met. You know, he, um, yeah, he had a little bit of, you know, some superstitious stuff, but he he was pretty normal, which we, he's a great guy. We, we spent a lot of time on the plane, uh, with him and Glenn Healy and myself and Al McCullough, we always, we sat all, all together all the time. So lots of good stories about the horse, ra- horse racing. And he was really into that back then. And, um, you know, he, he, he's one of those guys that just, he played the percentages where the guy's going to shoot. And, um, he was always right. Like he was just so smart as a goalie. Who did you, uh, who did you cheer for growing up? I was a big Islander fan. Oh, so yeah. Right. He said bossy earlier. I was thinking yeah, yeah. Uh, there was probably a time growing up in Lloyd and playing for the Golden Bears where you probably followed the Oilers pretty closely. <clears throat> well, I, I watched the Oilers. I didn't really like them, though, because they beat the Oilers, <laughs> if you remember. And so yeah. I hated the Oilers. And then when the Flames finally, you know, they, they got their team going, then I was a Flames. I cheered for the Flames to beat the Oilers. Yeah, I was never really an Oilers fan growing up. So, see, you go and play for the Oilers, and here I'm thinking, okay, he grew up in Lloyd. He probably liked the Oilers. It was a bit of a, a homecoming, <laughs> and grew up going to games and stuff, but not uh, not so much. My family was excited. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I was excited. I was excited to go back to Edmonton. I was. Yeah, I got to ask about you know guy that I played against in in junior, and obviously he had an incredible career. While he was in Toronto, real tough guy. But what was what was Wade Belak like? Oh, yeah, he was he was a great guy. He so funny and um, just so lighthearted, and always had a joke and just doing silly things all the time. And yeah, everybody enjoyed Wade, and you know, just a sad sad thing that happened for sure. And um, the one story I'll never forget was um, was. Ty, Ty always got these ingrown, ingrown hairs on his back, and uh, he'd get Belak to pop them. Oh my god! <laughs> and Belak would have a Belak would put a helmet and a visor on, <laughs> on Ty's back and pop in this pimple. It was just like, that's the that's the. Uh... That's the Scott Hartnell uh, story that uh, Nick Schultz told. He used to put in junior. He used to pop his uh, zits on his back. Yeah. <laughs> Something with the Western Canadian guys, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty uh, damn gross. That's all I know. Um, so you, you do have a little cup of coffee the one year with uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I think that was Sid's rookie year. Uh, Mario played played a little bit but uh you know getting to play with with that guy in his first year in the nhl quite the spectacle yeah you knew he was going to be pretty special um there wasn't too many guys uh at 18 could do the things he was doing and yeah the little time i was there it was yeah it was, it was pretty impressive to see what what he was going to do and yeah he, he had a little bit of growing up to do at that at that point he um you know the there were some good veterans there and they're trying to kind of lead him the way, but to be honest with you, he, he wasn't, wasn't really taking their advice too, too much, which was interesting. Um, he just kind of did it on his own and figured it out his, on his own. He did for sure. What about, uh, what about the lockout? What did you, did you play during the lockout? You were playing, you were with the Oilers then. Did you, did you play any hockey? Did the Border Kings no. throw you a bag of cash or anything? <laughs> Some sticks and yeah, gas. no, I, I had a really bad back. Um, my last that year just before the lockout with the Oilers, um, I was having lots of troubles with my with my back. 
and I just took the year off, which which I needed. I um, I don't think I could even have started the year if they would have even had a season. My back was so bad, and just did a bunch of rehab on it, and um, got it to the point where I could was ready to go play the next year. I wanna I wanna back up to O two O three. You play only if, I guess twenty six games with the Rangers, but you got any good stories about? Fellow pod guy that's been on our podcast a few oh, times, geez. a good buddy of mine, Dale Purrington, old killer. Oh, Diesel. Diesel, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I haven't seen him for a long time, but I just uh, talked to him two days ago. Yeah, he's come a on, I know. You'll have to tell him I said hi. I will. You'll have to you'll have to ask him about the Sandy McCarthy feud he had with Sandy. Any uh any good from another uh guy that's been on the pod a couple times? Any good Colby Armstrong stories? oh <laughs> uh, when i was in pittsburgh we had we had all, all these rookies playing we had like uh, whitney and colby and flurry and um uh there yeah you guys can look it up i can't i can't remember all the all the guys that there they had like nine or nine or eleven rookies and we we're in new york and we were having a um, rookie party that night and we got shellac we rangers kicked our butts and so um uh, Michelle Terrian, he calls in every rookie after the game because he knows we're having a party that night. And he calls them in and he just rips each one of them and just yeah. threatens the, threatens them that they're going to be in the minors for the rest of their lives and blah, blah, blah. And um, so Mark Recchi's, uh he, he decides that at the rookie party, every rookie's got to sit there and go through the interview with Michelle Terrian. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, there were some real, there were some real characters in that group. Colby being one, and Whitney, and uh, there was another French guy. I can't remember his name. He was really funny. And uh, oh Michelle Ouellette. Uh, no, Mich- yeah, he was one of them. But there was another guy. He was a little centerman. Oh, uh, I can't remember his name. But uh, they they were talking like M- Michelle Terrian and uh, going through the Talbot. Talbot, yeah, Maxime Talbot, Max Talbot. <laughs> oh, it was—we were crying, we were laughing so hard because, I mean, they—they they, some of the guys could do Tarion really, really well, and Tarion wasn't the nicest human being, and uh, it was unbelievable what what they were saying, <laughs> saying to these guys are just shaking my head, but it, it was really funny. Your your last NHL stop uh, is in Detroit, and those are the years, you know, Datsuk lighting it up. Zetterberg, uh, Iserman, uh, you know, I'm sure he was kind of near the end of his career, but you play, uh, you play for Mike Babcock. Is that correct? And you yeah. know, it, it, what, uh, what was your experience like with Mike? Well, yeah, I got there and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was fine for a while. And then it was kind of weird. Um, the second last game of the year, I got in a fight with, um, with Ott, um, Steve. Oh, Steve Ott, Steve Ott fought him. He was he was just kind of he was a young guy then. He was cocking off to the bench and blah blah blah. And so I ended up fighting him. We ended up turning the game around and winning the game. And and then um, yeah, and he called me in the next day. He's like, "Oh, what kind of player are you?" And it was just kind of weird conversation, right? And then uh, we went to Nashville, played our last game, and then we were getting ready to play the Oilers in the playoffs and. And I, I'd been playing well, 
you know, in my eyes, like I had only been on the uh, ice, I think for one or two goals the whole time I was there and um, went to first practice of um, before the playoffs and, and they called up this AHL player and put him in the lineup instead of me and Jason Woolley. And I was like, well, that's really it. Like what the hell? And so that was, that was just uh you know, it was just one of a little kick in the balls there that, uh, Babcock gave me and so I just watched the playoffs from the from the uh sidelines and and that was in my career. <laughs> is that the year that the Oilers beat the Wings? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when the Oilers went to the finals, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I you know, we uh we won the first game and oh no, we lost I think we lost the first game. And then I'm like, oh, I'll get in the game 2 here and then no, I love the playoffs. Like I've always brought my A game and in, in the playoffs, but uh, yeah, never got a chance. So I remember that series like yesterday, like, yeah, hard to believe you lose that series and, and that you don't draw in at some point, but yeah, it was, you know, it was kind of a, it was, I, I went out with the order guys after cause they were all, <laughs> they were more my, you know, a lot of, I was really close with a lot of those guys. And so after our final game, they were all at the bar and, um, I went over to see them and uh, they're like, you know, they were like, oh, we're kind of glad you weren't playing because it was so easy to play against them. Nobody was hitting us. And, and you know, it was, that, was, that was kind of a nice compliment, you know, that the guys had. That Yeah. What, what, uh, one couple of things we didn't talk about here, your, um, your chance to go over and represent Canada and play for the world championships. Obviously those would have been special moments and, and maybe the first, uh, first time around were you a little bit, surprised or you know jump at the opportunity obviously to don the maple leaf yeah um i i was a little surprised so our last game that year in 97 was against hartford and that was hartford's very last game ever played and that was that was an interesting game i don't know if we have time for the stories on that one oh, yeah. lots of time <laughs> what, what, a, what a unique game um the, the best story is a guy named sean burr and sean unfortunately passed away with um, leukemia, but um, he was my roommate and we were really good friends. And, and he had a, he had a bonus. Um, he had to be plus 10 or more uh, for a bonus. And he was uh, plus 11 when the game started. And uh, the night before we had all gone to the bar to see if um, I think Montreal was playing somebody If Montreal had to lose if Montreal lost the game. Whoever won our game would make the playoffs. Well, Montreal ends up winning um so Hartford and I and us in Tampa were eliminated so we we just keep drinking and partying and we were a little hung over and Sean was very hung over and uh it was a, like a one o'clock game so he slept till like five to eleven then we walked across the street and uh I knew he had this bonus so in the first period we get he gets scored on he's minus one so he's up <laughs> plus ten and uh he's He's like, oh my god, I need this bonus, right? So it was back in the old days where you come on the ice and do, a, you know, you skate around. Everybody skates around, and and in Hartford, you had to crisscross with their with their team to get into your end, and so you can warm up a little bit. And their backup goalie, Sean, sucker punches them as we're we're skating through <laughs> the ice, and Sean suckers them, and. Uh, Ends up starting this little bit of a brawl, and uh, I remember Stu Grimson was being was on Hartford, and he came flying. What's going on? What's going? On? And so Sean gets kicked out of the game. <laughs> so he got his bonus. 
That sounds like something we do at the nooner. <laughs> and, uh, then, yeah. and then later in the game, word got on our bench that Kevin Deneen needed a needed a goal for his bonus. So we're like, yeah, let's just give it to him. It was a two. It was I think it was two one or something. <laughs> it was a close game, but we're like, ah, just let's give it to him. And so they pulled. We pulled our goalie, and the only guy that didn't know was Roman Hammer. Like he didn't speak great English then. <laughs> and uh, Deneen took a shot, and he literally dove and stopped the puck. And then the puck came back to Deneen. He hit the post, and he ended up not scoring. <laughs> and we're like, we're like, Roman, what the hell? Why are we doing? And he's like, what? Why? We're like, ah, just let him score. Why? <laughs> that was a pretty unique game. Oh, and Cicerelli, that was another Cicerelli. He scored. He needed a goal to get a huge bonus. I think it was 50 grand. And he he uh, he took all this tape off his blade, and he wrote down, because Sean Burke was the uh, Hartford goalie, he wrote down Berkey, one goal, 50 grand. And he was skating. He didn't. Even, he he just skated up and down the the red line and showing uh, Sean his stick. <laughs> and well, sure enough, he got that goal. <laughs> so oh, nowadays, that's an all timer. Um, nowadays, guys will do anything for their teammates to get the bonuses or whatever. That's NFL, NHL. I don't. Do you think like other when when would other teams have stopped helping guys get bonus? Like that doesn't happen anymore, does it? Oh, for sure it does. <laughs> okay yeah uh, um you uh you wind up you wind up your your pro career uh playing for hamburg how did that all come about and you know it was just no nhl deal or did you want to go experience europe a bit yeah you know what i i uh i love europe and um actually well i back to the world championships i i got called after that hartford game about a week later, I got called to uh, come play for Team Canada, so I went, and that's what got me off got me off track on the Hartford game. But the World Championships in '97 was awesome, and uh, kind of got I got my first taste of Europe, and uh, so I was always wanting to go back to Europe and and spend some more time there. Um, and my wife had never been to Europe, so I'm like, well, let's let's give it a go, let's try it and see how it goes. And yeah, so we signed signed with Hamburg and went over there and had a had a fun experience. So that's your last year. Like you mentioned, the next year, uh, 2007, I'm pretty sure the Border Kings were in the uh, Allen Cup. Was there ever any, like, <laughs> did they ever try and recruit you to come in for the Allen Cup or, or anything yes, like they that? Did. Yes, they did. Yeah. Yeah. Was it yeah. ever close? No, no. Kent Staniforth was trying to get me to come play, but there was no way. I, 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 I didn't want to play that kind of hockey anymore. I remember that because that was the year that was the Horse Lake year. Yeah, was it? Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, where they had an absolute wagon, and there was all this talk that the Border Kings were uh, were getting Corey Cross to come back. So it was never close. No, no. <laughs> well, my brother worked with Kent at Fountain Tire, so he would call me. I'm like, I'm not calling. Him. No. <laughs> so. Um... After after the career is all wrapped up, you know, where's your mindset? What do you want to do? Or, you know, I know you get into coaching a bit, but what's the mindset after you uh, wrap it up? Well, we um, during the lockout, actually, uh, me and a couple guys, we started an oil oil field servicing company in Lloydminster with uh, coil with a coil tubing truck and a flush by. And so when I retired, I um, I, I just jumped into that and uh, started doing sales downtown Calgary. So I spent the first uh, five, 
five winters in Calgary doing business development for our company and um, and then coaching at the University of Calgary. There must have been some of those senior teams around there, the Bentleys <laughs> maybe and all that, that were hoping that they could nab you to play some senior. You know, I never did get asked by any of those teams. No, I was coaching. I was coaching, you know, full time with the UFC. So I, I, you know, I know, I had no interest in playing that. You know, guys, guys always talk about when they're done playing. You know, they they miss being around the guys and all that. But you guys have quite a quite a little crew there in Kelowna, where you live now. A lot of ex NHL guys, and you guys still skate. Is that still a thing? Yeah, yeah. Thursday, the TNHL Thursday Night Hockey League. So. Um, yeah, we uh, we we have a pretty good crew here. Guys like Todd Simpson, um, old guy named Mike Ridley who kind of runs the skate, uh, Wade Redden, Tutu, uh, Brent Seabrook, and um, Renee Bork have uh, have joined us. Um, who else? Some some old minor leaguers, Tyler Bauk and Quentin Lang. Um, Quentin hasn't played a little. It, for the last couple of years because he's coaching with the Rockets now. But um, there's some other guys that played some high-level hockey. And then we have some guys that are just uh, the, the shitty guys. The, the shitty guys. <laughs> so this is your chance to defend yourself because, as we talked about before we started recording, we when we had Wade Redden on, he said, you know, you're out there playing forward. There's a rule that NHL guys – you know, have to play their, their opposite position. So he said that like, you're the Johnny tryhard out there uh, at forward. So this is your chance to, this is your chance to defend yourself or maybe get, get back at Wade. Well, I don't know if I'm Johnny tryhard. There's a lot of guys that try pretty damn hard. And so to just to keep up, you have to try hard. It's yeah. There's a guy named Jason Delorme. The guy's a marathon runner and he scored like 50 goals in the Western league and still is amazing shape. And Kent Simpson who played at U of a is amazing shape. So these guys, yeah, these guys make, you have to try harder. You're, you're going to look really bad as on forward. I pretty bad, but uh, that's sort of how we, uh, how we finish these queries. We do some rapid fire questions. Kind of the first thing that comes to your mind, but they always trail off into longer stories. Longer stories because they're they're just great. So uh, we'll get the the rapid fire going here, and Shane, you can uh, fire it first. So you played in a pretty cool era. I got to ask, what where's your favorite road barn or road city to play in? Uh, Madison Square Gardens. Not even I. I don't think I ever played a bad game there. Even when I was at the Rangers, I probably, probably played my best hockey with the Rangers. Okay, another part to that then. Anybody like super famous that you, you met or saw there? Uh, yeah. Um, you know what? Uh, the girl on... Um, Couldn't be uh, that famous. <laughs> no, I know. No, you, you draw me a blank. She was in Sex in the City, the blonde in Sex in the City. Oh, oh yeah. uh, forget her name. I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about too. She was on Mannequin. Absolute cougar. Yeah. Yeah. And and a lot, a lot. Like she was very beautiful in real life, too. Yeah. Sarah <laughs> Jessica Parker? No. No, no, no. Kim no. no. Cattrall. Kim Cattrall, yeah. Kim Cattrall. Nice. Yeah. Um, what uh, you know, when you were playing and you know, we've had uh Brad Meyer, Brad Watson on, you know, NHL, NHL refs. Did you uh, did you have a favorite ref that you really got along with uh, your time in the show? Uh, hmm. There was a few linesmen that were, you know, good guys. Um, uh, Ray Scapanella was always a great guy. You know, he was really good with the players and, uh, and a few other guys. Um, can't really think of any, 
there was a few refs I hated. Bill McCreary and um, Bill McCreary was one of those guys. Just yeah, and uh, there was Johnny uh, Tryhard of refs. Yeah, he just yeah he just thought he was cats meow right. And uh, <laughs> there was another guy out of Leduc. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away. But oh, what was I can picture him, but I can't remember his name. Um, oh shoot. But anyways, I. I didn't really like him too much. And I actually ran him over one time. <laughs> he, he, he threw a pick. I was chasing a guy and he stepped in my way and I just bowled right through him, <laughs> blew him up. And I skated to the bench and I just put my head down, like pretend I was tying my skates. And, uh, <laughs> and he skated by and he's looking at me and I, I just like hide my head. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, before Brandon goes, uh, he's looking it up here, but, What's the uh, guiltiest that you remember playing? Oh, that was definitely Atlanta, my my uh, my first year pro. So uh, the, here's a here's an old sketcher named Devin Edgerton. You guys know Devin Edgerton? <laughs> he played in Kindersley, and he was a really high skilled player. Came out of Junior A, went to the East Coast League, ended up being in Atlanta, and then he went over to Germany and had like an unbelievable career in Germany. So he was on our team in Atlanta, and we go to Vegas. Vegas, we're in the Atlanta was in the Western Conference, and Vegas was in our conference. Holy! So we go to Vegas, and him and I are sitting at the blackjack table playing. It was like eleven or so, and all of a sudden, these four girls come and they sit with us. And so the game just keeps going and keeps going. Why well, look at my watch? It's four in the morning, and we've been drinking Ryan Cokes, and uh, I'm like, I got to go to bed. Like we're done. And these girls are like, Oh, what's going on? I'm like, no, we got a hockey in the world. Well, we'll meet you guys back here after. Right. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I go to the morning skate, just a mess. And, um, I, I go back to the hotel sleep. And then I was like minus three, I think I was <laughs> minus three that night. I was so mad at myself. And, uh, yeah, the girls were there waiting and we just, I just, I just went up to my room, went to bed. Uh, they didn't set up beside behind the bench at the old Thomas and Mac Center. You think they're? The yeah, no, no, no. And, uh, so I said to myself, if I'm going to be a real serious player, I can't be doing that. And because I wasn't good, I wasn't good. Some guys could do it. I, there was no way I could do it. And any any guys that come to mind that uh, that that maybe you could you know in in lightheartedly that you know could pick it up the next day after uh, after oh. a rager. There was quite a few. The Russian the Russian guys seemed to always yeah never affected them. Problems. Yeah, yeah, and they probably smoked in the dressing room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was the uh, and and maybe it's something like that, but what was what would you say is the biggest change in in pro hockey from when you started to when you ended? Like obviously, the game was a lot different, and maybe the preparation and and the way the guys look after themselves. So what would you say was the one biggest change between the early nineties to the 2006, 2007. Well, it's definitely the rules. <laughs> <laughs> Clutching and grabbing. The rules were the biggest change from, from being able to manhandle a guy to not even be able to touch him was, uh, yeah, that was a game changer for a lot for of you, us. Uh, probably for you, right? Six, five, two twenty, like that. Yeah. Like I just, like when I was early in my career, when I could, I could, you know, I was a pretty good skater and I, I could have played in the new rules, but by the time I was like older and my body had, Going to the ringer, yeah, I was, you know, it was tough for me, tough for me to make those adjustments. And and they always looked at the big guys that 
and, and one and one the refs didn't really get a handle on those rules for a couple of years and so at first they just were calling everything and it, it was just it was ridiculous but big yeah. biggest uh biggest chirper on the ice that you ever witnessed in your uh nhl days well i think darcy tucker probably takes a cake on that one yeah yeah i don't <laughs> think not too many i think Sillinger was pretty good at it too but uh darcy <laughs> tucker he 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 didn't have a uh, kill switch. What uh, what was Corey Cross's uh, favorite pregame meal, and what was your routine before games? <laughs> Always had pasta, chicken, and broccoli, and a little bowl of ice cream on the road. So with hot with with chocolate sauce, with chocolate sauce. <laughs> nice. Uh, and uh, my last one, uh, your favorite teammate of all time. Man, I had a lot of good teammates. Um, Probably the guy I was closest with was probably Sean Burr and um, and a guy named Enrico Ciccone. Enrico and I are still still good friends to this day. And um, yeah, those are probably the two of the, my closest closest buds. Right, right awesome. on. Hey, yeah, thanks, thanks so much, so much. Uh, for taking some time tonight and then hopping on the Monday Nooner. Yeah, I know you're welcome, guys. Nice to meet you all. Thanks, Corey. 2020 Geomatics interview wrap-up, of course, uh, 2020 Geomatics. We mentioned Malcolm earlier on in the show. But when it comes to land surveying or subdivision, and you're looking to get it done right, you're looking to get it done by a local company based uh, right here in Regina. It's him and his wife and a few other employees, very family-run local business. Give 2020 a call, professional land surveyors. I forgot, sorry, my bad. I forgot to give uh, the interview sponsor it as well to Revive Men's Health Clinic in Saskatoon and Regina. If you got uh, ED problems, look them up and you can look in the treatments there from Revive Men's Health Clinic and also gentle procedures, the no needle, no scalpel vasectomies in both cities. I can't see what Corey Cross said. I cannot see guys being like, hey, let Buddy score for his 50K. I can't see that happening anymore. But maybe it does. I think it was just an awesome story. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I wondered if that would still happen. I know, like, in NFL, if a guy needs, like, six catches, like, they're just going to – if the game doesn't mean anything, they're just going to give him a few dump passes and get the six catches. But in terms of the other team letting a guy score, I mean, maybe it does. If there's a game that doesn't mean anything down the stretch, I could see it potentially, maybe. But Steak and lobster dinner in, in it for you? 50K is 50K, right? It's uh, it's time for the tirade here. And we might have to have a couple of them because I got one of the tirade for high-tech <laughs> profiles, anything metal or uh, that you need done. Look up high-tech profiles. It can help you if you're out on the ranch or the farm and you're thinking about getting something done. High-tech can uh, come and look at it and maybe make that for you out of metal. All right, so I'm going to tee this up here. Uh, Pee-wee, oh, sorry, U13 AA, last game of the season. It's a big game in the standing points wise, right? Big game in the season, last game of the season. Um, and both I think for both teams, the points mattered. So out of blue, out of the blue, I'm like, they are doing coaches evaluation. The last game of the year. Like hockey Regina, and and maybe there's some circumstances where this guy couldn't make it out earlier in the year. Well, then chalk it up to just not going or watching Live Barn. So our poor coaches on our team, we need these two points. Now they got, you know, Big Brother 
watching them here in this like must win game. Like put yourself in put yourself in those shoes, Shane. What like yeah, that sucks. Yeah, that's a bad that's a bad play. But hey, at least the U thirteen double A director or person has has been to a game because we haven't seen the U nine person at any games this year. So that's a bonus for you guys. I I just felt so bad for those coaches. That's like. That's like doing an evaluation of an accountant's office during tax time and wondering why he's got papers everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like you, just, you wouldn't do that. That just common sense needs to prevail. So hockey, Regina, get, get it buttoned up. Like, and this guy had his big binder out. I, our poor coach, man. I think it took five years off his life today. Well, and that's tough. You 13. Cause that it's competitive. It, it is, is. You got to short the bench sometimes. Like it is, it's double a hockey. Like let's, let's get real here. We got to, <laughs> Some guys are going to play more than others. That's just life. And, and here he probably felt, you know, and he's yeah. probably like, oh, he's yeah. got his, he's got his, he's got his stopwatch going, shit, that kid's only got, you know, I got to give him more ice. Like, ah, it sucks. So the other team, they're not getting evaluated, right? And so they, they have this one kid that's an absolute weapon. So of course, this kid's out there, third period, he must play 17 minutes of the game, but they're not getting evaluated. Our poor guys rolling through the lines, trying to find a way. So I was just, it was unfortunate, but classic hockey Regina there. Yeah, it's too bad. That's the tirade this week for high-tech profiles. Trent Meyer and his uh, partners and team over there. Locations in Saskatoon and Regina. Anything you need, metal fabrication or whatever it might be, they are your local trusted uh, representatives serving Western Canada and the Northern U.S. Senior hockey talk, guys. Ugh. Uh, I had to miss the... Uh, the they last the back half of the senior show this past week, but the senior hockey soiree for Great Western Brewing, the beer deal is always uh, sizzling. If you want 016s or classics or lights, whatever, get in touch with us for maybe slow pitch season around the corner or the weddings, and we'll get you hooked up in the Great Western beer deal. So, my question to you: Who got the last Mountain Player of the Week tarp? I missed that. You know, it went to a goalie, which hasn't happened a lot. We got a message about. Uh... Brian Bridges in St. Wahlberg slash Metal Bridgie. Lake. Bridgie. Br- Bridgie, they didn't necessarily get all the wins, but he faced a lot of rubber. Two games uh, in his playoff game against Paradise Hill, 54 of 56 stops. And Provincials game one, 63 stops on 68 shots in a loss to uh, Edam Hafford, but it's still a 943 save percentage in those games. And I think he's had a couple of good performances uh, since those, and here's a fun stat I had message in. I mentioned that I remembered him that St. Wahlberg had Kelly Gaird, and then they had Brian Bridges, who's still playing there. I think he's 37 38. Guess who has the career record or the single season record for shutouts in a WHL season? Kelly Gaird. Brian Bridges and Kelly Gard tied for first with uh, Darcy Kemper. Oh. But I remember that year, Brian Bridges, it was 0405. He was in Seattle. Just unreal stats. 13 shutouts, 926 save percentage. And uh, yeah, kind of cool. Two former St. Wahlberg Eagle goalies tied with Darcy Kemper for that WHL record. And Bridges still kicking in his late 30s. So we will be mailing him a player of the week tarp for last mountain distillery um yeah so we talked about the wainwright upset uh, in the sask alta hockey league going through the leagues have there been any other uh 
you know, upset so far when it comes to league, not provincials? Well, I just saw on Dean the saw. Nooner Twitter that uh, Craig has officially lost. They're out. Now, is that an upset or is it just Macklin was holding their team really close to their vest chest and nobody knew how good they actually were? I think he said league and you went provincials, but it doesn't matter. That doesn't, That's what I, doesn't you matter. know what I meant. But but Macklin, did they just sandbag everybody? Did everybody just not know how Didn't good they Didn't Macklin? Were? Macklin did made a run last good? year too, right? Macklin yeah, made a beat, run. No, they beat Keniston. They lost to Keniston by like one goal in game right. three, I think. They beat, him yeah. in the, they beat him in the first game too, and then they so, Keniston came back. I've said a few times on the show that Macklin lost their goalie, which they did, Nathan Hargraves. But I was looking, I, and I feel bad because I feel like I've been beating that drum all year. They're goalies. They got a local guy who's got great numbers. I think his name is Ryan Deck. And then their other goalie is Kyle Dumba, uh, brother of Matt Dumba, who plays for the Minnesota Wild. I believe he lives in Calgary and plays with Macklin. Uh, but actually, the other guy, Deck's numbers are better than Dumba's. But I, I was kind of slamming their goaltending, and I, I think they actually have two Pretty good tendies. Pretty good goalies. So Dumbo, big chopper guy. Macklin will now get the winner of Kyle and Delisle, and Kyle won the first game handily. So that's going to be a tremendous uh, matchup, I think. Well, I think there's a lot of brackets that are done now. They're all going to be done, Belts, I think. But I think it's like, just because your bracket's not perfect, obviously, you still have a chance, I think. Do you think anyone will have a perfect bracket? You must. You were actually on the phone when we talked about this earlier. Oh, sure. Had your phone up to your. I said I don't My think. Daughter called, I said yeah. I don't think there's any chance. I, there's only. It'd be cool. That'd be super. That'd be unbelievable if someone could pick them all. Like that'd be just be crazy. Well, it won't be me because I. Uh, I'm eight, eight out of ten as we record and this. It won't be Lucky Linford either. That pigeon. I'm kind of glad that he's out too. That that uh, yeah that. That goes along the lines, right? Like if Bethune, and I know this is it's gonna be over, if Bethune can upset Langenberg after that game one win, but I think Langenberg was missing a few guys, but good on the Bulldogs for winning so, game one at home last night. Sounds um, like they kind of dominated. Six one final. We did have boots on the ground there too. Yeah, Stefan and uh Milsey for sure. <laughs> But I don't. I think like five people had Bethune out of eight hundred. So let's let's uh, if we have a if we have a track that we can put in here, like a clapping track or a cheering clap or cheering track here, because we've we've rode this guy pretty hard over the years, and his team is on to round two. Gubba in Belize, the Leafs. I like it. Gubba, good on ya, my man, for uh, for advancing. Uncharted waters. Not going to get any easier. They get the win here. Monarchs in round two. That is going to be a potential boots on the ground situation for me. I think the pillar polar dome, whatever they call it, they're polar. Yeah. Against uh, Winyard. So yeah, we're going to talk our next show, which is Wednesday or Thursday. We'll get into all the leagues and all the uh, provincials. I did want to mention, how about Carlisle Cougars? Absolutely. Molly whopping. Oxbow in round one. I think the scores were eight, three and 10, four. And I, I got some word from boots on the ground that it was basically all of like Carlisle has like six or seven new guys. They don't have in league. And apparently those guys were doing most of the uh, goal scoring in provincial. So I think Carlisle could be sneaky in uh provincial B. I saw a distraught local 
put a sign on the door that they're not happy that the boys are spending 10 K a game to make a provincial run. They, uh, there's a handwritten note on the Carlisle rink door, according to the HPC podcast. They tagged us there. You can actually read the note on a, on Twitter. They're not happy. Wow. that. Uh, and I said, it's probably somebody's grandma or mom or grandpa that got kicked out of the lineup when they signed all these, uh, Heavy hitters for provincials, not happy. Their grandson's not getting ice time, and they wrote a little handwritten note on the Carlisle rink door. You Was know, it? you know the note smells of like old player cigarettes, right? Surely smokers just being mad. Those like, old maybe, white mints. Yeah, it's a menthol and a little bit of perfume. Just and, upset and borscht. Yeah. <laughs> Smells of beets. Uh, was it? How was the pen penmanship? Was it a nice? Was it a nice female writing, or was like it males? Like a slow, like a slow, yeah. <laughs> a slow handwritten note. Um, hey, when we look at B here, provincial B, Musiman gave Grenfell all they could handle in game one too. I was kind of following that one a little bit surprised, but Grenfell did come up with an eight to five, eight to five win. In B, so B is gonna be the one for me because Rokenville was up on Wadena, and then that game went into overtime, didn't it? Wadena won six five in OT, and I heard from some people involved with the Wild Kittens organization they weren't too happy with their uh, performance in Rokenville, but they were down late. They came back, tied it, and then won in overtime. Sounds like they won on a power play. There's quite a few penalties down the stretch from what I caught of that game. Barry, I think your boys in Willow Cree, it was a little bit of a wake-up call to get the Wilkie Outlaws. Obviously, they've been running Rick Shaw in the uh, Twin Rivers, but I think this is another level they maybe weren't uh, fully accustomed to maybe in Provincials. Uh, I I agree. See what happens there in Game 2. And uh, start... Starting in, starting in, is that game two tonight? It's four nothing after the second period for the Outlaws in Beardies. So, assuming they close that one out, yeah. Wilkie will get the winner of Wadena, Rokenville in the North final. So, you know, if uh, Wadena comes through there, yours truly will be boots on the ground for potentially uh, both of those. But we, uh, we really need boots on the ground Saturday night in Drake. Kindersley and Drake fire it up on the 18th here. That uh, that series, everyone has their kind of eyeballs on that one to see what happens there. So very curious to see the updates while I'm sucking back a Cerveza Saturday night. Yeah, there's, uh, man, these next couple of weeks are hectic. There's games happening everywhere. I joked earlier, I can't wait until the end of February when there's not so many games and matchups to try and follow. But for a full scope of provincials and playoffs later this week, We'll do our best to uh, break down all of them more in depth with our uh, senior top 10 show for general well servicing. Let's keep rolling here. I got some golf to watch fellas. All right. Take a seat, son for rusty shovel son, Sean, Stefan and his crew. Uh, that season's coming around right away. If you're thinking about doing anything in the backyard or at the cabin in Southern Saskatchewan, lean on uh rusty sh- shovel and see what they can do for you. Maybe get the plans out and they'll you know spec something up as they say. So Rusty Shovel is lean on uh, the old shovel. The yeah, lean on the old shovel. Take a seat, son. Who is going first here? Belt the shovel, the shovel leaning city of Regina workers. That's my take a seat. Just kidding. <laughs> Here's we we got this message uh a couple that of that was gonna ago. be mine. <laughs> <laughs> we got this message oh. a couple of weeks ago. Shane and I talked about it kind of off mic. Um Somebody was at a U9 hockey game 
And that's where you're supposed to be doing the half ice thing. Oh, so, yeah. Somebody was at a game and the coaches bumped the bumpers back to the far blue line. And someone took a picture and ratted out the coaches for the extra 10 or 12 feet, however it is. And now these coaches got suspended. What kind of life are you running that you need to rat someone out about that? Yeah. And I mean, <clears throat> full transparency, I I was the first guy in the rink that morning because we played first and I put them on the far blue line for our team. <laughs> And I've I've admitted this right to the head guys up there. Like it was I'm the one that did it first. I'm like 10 more feet or whatever you want to call it, 15 more feet. And uh so everyone just kind of went with it, right? They just left it. And then someone took a picture later in the day of these guys, and they're like, they were like that when we got here. And they didn't get like they they got the letter that they were gonna, but they actually never did get suspended. So that was good. But you have was the to, picture like well, taken. To I don't know. rat them out, or was it just happened to be in a picture? Does that make no, sense? Someone legit took the picture, sent an angry email about oh. it. You know, it's like, what kind of a life do you have that I mean, and I can't even imagine, like, I don't know. I can't I don't understand it. So uh yeah, like what kind of a life do you have to have that you're you're doing stuff like that? Like absolutely massive take a seat. I, I don't I don't understand why people coach minor hockey on days like oh. when I read that. Yeah, it's so bad. Like you're suspending me. I'm a volunteer. I don't even get paid. Suspended without pay. Suspended without pay. Yeah. Hey, so that, that was my first one. I like it. Uh, my take a seat. Fool me once, the Craig Warriors. Take a seat. I was all, all in. You had me buying it. They were like the they were like the Bible salesman that used to come by your house. Just had me hook, line, and sinker, right? I was all in, going to order the whole set. Encyclopedia, you mean? Yeah, oh, sorry. <laughs> there's only one Bible, but there's <laughs> not a set. <laughs> what a joke. I can't believe those guys. Oh, well, good on Macklin. No, love them. I still love the fellas up at, uh, up at Craig, but I got to give you a take a seat this week. My take a seat is for people who don't know the rules of the road at a four-way, just a basic four-way stop. Like, if you get there five seconds before me, just go. Don't wave me. Don't wait and then wave me to go. <laughs> and, then, you're not and, then sure. you, and then you start to go, and then, they're and like, then oh, they, they start to go. go. Oh, and then, yeah, it's a cluster. Yeah. Like, you think the zipper merge, people don't get that. Okay, but a four-way <laughs> stop. It's literally the easiest rule of the road there possibly is. Don't wave me when it's your turn. Pisses me off. I love it. My second take a seat. I, I might have mentioned this somewhere else in our 140 whatever episodes we've done, but bear with me if I did. The hardos that are the rink guy and they run to Zamboni and then they're shoveling off the snow and the water behind the and then they won't the kids try and come on. And they yell at them to get back because the door is not totally shut. And then they sit there and play with it a little bit longer. And these kids just want to get on the ice. Like, take a seat. We actually, and funny, I will even hop on that more. The guy at the Staples, that guy can take a massive seat. Like, he's the guy that if you show up 20 minutes before we this happened, he shut the lights off. Oh. He doesn't let the kids on. This is like... For 4.30 practice, people are like, pick up their kids or get out or work or whatever the case may be. Show up there at 4, man, turns the lights off. 
I won't turn them on till 4.15. It's like, who cares, bud? Then that same guy after practice that night, me and uh, the other coach were like, hey, we'll uh, we'll push the nets, like do your lap and we'll just, you know, put the nets up on the boards for you. No, can't do it. I'll get in trouble. You guys don't wear, you guys aren't wearing high vis. That's what he said to us. He wouldn't let oh. us touch the nets. You're not wearing high vis. Okay, bud. Take a seat. Take a seat. There's a good one. Hey, shout out. We missed it earlier that uh, ref. Driving the Zamboni in oh, yeah. Avonlea. Tyler Eason went a little bit viral. Shout out to that guy driving the Zamboni in his ref gear and one skate on. Forgot to mention that in we, shout outs. We would have sent him a tarp if he'd had a dart hanging out of his mouth too. Yeah. Uh, speaking of refs, because I love them so much, take a seat to the refs that refed uh, the U13 tournament at 8 in the morning on a Friday. Just a great hockey game. And was just the massive hardo with these kids yelling at them, being the puffed out chest. And then he had mitts on, like the mitts that fold back and have the Velcro back. And and meanwhile, these this young linesman's probably you know in grade seven, and he's he doesn't have anything on. He's freezing. Meanwhile, hardo is uh, yeah yelling at kids with his mitts on. Take a seat. Take a seat, son, for the rusty shovel landscape shop. Just about landscape season. The snow's starting to melt. I'm sure we'll get some more, but spring just around the corner. Get those plans drawn up with the rusty shovel. Hey, let's mention GB Construction. I'm wearing their hoodie right now. Al Batters was down at the Waste Management Open and uh, taking some of it in, probably waving the GB flag down there. Should have sent him some Nooner stuff because he's, of course, our merchandise sponsor. Was he the guy that was streaking? The other day, you know, it looked like I'm from a distance, but I saw the mug shot. It was not Al Batters, so should just clear that up. Wasn't Big Bad Al, it was not Al. Yeah, thanks to GB Construction or everything. Uh, we have the 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 Monday, if you didn't see them on our socials, the Monday Nooner Saskatchewan plate t shirts, and uh, those things are you know gonna be everywhere this spring summer season. And uh, we got some new hats. In the works that we're hoping from Al Al Batters and everyone at GB. So just total beauticians there. Thanks so much to the GB team. Hey, we sold like 150 of those shirts. Shout out to everyone who's paid. Take a seat to like the last six or eight people who haven't paid yet. If you bought one, ordered one, and you haven't paid, check your email. We will be uh, re-following up with you before we ship them out to make sure you still want your your tarp. So if you bought one and you haven't got our email, reach out to us. Pay us. You know, so we, we mentioned can... off. We mentioned them off the top. Our title sponsor. Do we have anything? What's going on in Mainline uh, deals. this month? Rose Town. Big a deals. Lot of deals. Okay. A lot of deals. Let me guess. Shout trucks. Scotty. Everything. Pictures. Everything's priced to go. Walk down, drive down, fly down. However, you got to get there. Get to uh, Rose Town. You don't even need to go down there. He'll, Scott, Shouty Scotty will get deep <laughs> and low, big squat, take a good picture for you, and send it to you. You can just do it all over the phone. Done. They'll do. They'll do the video, right? They'll, they'll deliver it. Yeah. They'll deliver it to you too. You don't even have to go in there. Just phone Shouty Scotty. He'll take a few pictures. Give me your credit card. Done deal. We talked yeah, those... about that last show. Belt's got some good customer service. I did. So that's why uh, you earn repeat business, right? That's right. So excellent. Those Agreed. deals. Uh, those deals on the on the dot and the Ram side with trucks. They're still going. Like anyone needs a truck right now. The uh, mainline Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram in Rosetown. You'll see, uh, you'll see it there. So, uh, you know, when we get two big guys, and and it was bound to happen, right? The pod, and we're not tooting our own horn, but you know, a lot of listeners, a lot of listeners from all over, and it was bound to happen. 
but we got to take a seat ourselves for uh the old deep cut so the deep yeah. cut is a thing of the past we're gonna try and come up with something i'm gonna you have to you know what you could do you could just tell people a song that you're feeling and they could go search it in themselves i was yeah. thinking that but that's a good a idea barry take like who cares get the a track player out record player yeah well, uh, yeah been we'll a little re- uh southern nights by glenn campbell or something <laughs> There, maybe there it is, right there with a nice Last Mountain whiskey, one of their one of their new ones. Yeah, so no more uh, deep cut, unfortunately. Sign of the times. Uh, we got uh, the cease and. Desist. I wonder. I wonder if the same lady that parented in the uh, picture in U nine. I wonder if she maybe complained about the deep cut. That would be probably what happened. Do we know it's a lady? Um, no, we don't. Okay. We don't know it's a lady. Could be a uh, gentleman <laughs> the, caller. <laughs> the lady from the Pats game that won't let the kids go down. Yeah, it was, oh, definitely would have been her. Boz even knows her, he said. So see, I don't show really know up. her. I just worked for the Pats for five years, so I can you guess know who, who she would be. would be. Yeah, yeah I do, yeah. Senior show coming up this week. Uh, support our sponsors, please, because this thing would not happen with all of our sponsors. It's a, it's a grind, and it, it's becoming a grind here the last month. There's so much going on. But another senior show coming up this week, and uh, that's it for this one. Have a good Later. week, everybody.